Pastor Michelle Donatien coming to you from Michelle Donatien Ministries. And I want to encourage you with a fresh word from the Lord today. To Jesus be all the praise. With you, please excuse me that I have my cell phone with me. I am literally doing the podcast today along with us at the same time. We're doing things a little bit differently today because of some scheduling things that I have to work on. And uh, so I'm going to be coming to you. I won't be coming to you live um, online like I usually do, but I will. This is a pre-recorded video. Hallelujah. So I'm really looking forward, though, to sharing the word of God with you. And you know something? We are going to get started in prayer and just remember this is this is my podcast equipment if you will so if any of you have ever seen you know people have those fancy setups mine's not fancy mine is just doable if you will so um, I'm doing my best to look at you straight into the camera uh, to set up a little bit different than usual but um, it's going to work I think we're going to be able to do it and it'll work out fine. So let's just open up in prayer before we do anything else. And actually, I will say to you, today is the 9th of December. It is Wednesday. And again, I'm not coming to you live. I'm coming to you with a pre-recorded message. Hallelujah. And I will be back tomorrow with you for the prayer meeting at 2.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So let's open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We glorify your precious name. And Lord God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, you take over. You give me the right words to say in the name of Jesus that you get the glory and touch your people's hearts. In the name of Jesus, at the sound of my voice, hallelujah, meet every single need. In Jesus' name, I cast out that demonic spirit of offense that is causing people to have blockages. In the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. In Jesus' name, I bind that demonic spirit of witchcraft. In the name of Jesus, of rebellion in the name of Jesus, of disobedience, I bind you and cast you out in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you and we give you praise and honor and glory and all God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. I'm just going to unplug this. I think we're going to be just fine the way I'm doing it. Hallelujah. So I'm just really excited because, you know, I have a really powerful and really special word that I want to share with you today. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, I think this is going to work out well. I'm going to kind of hold this up here. And if I look down a few times, just please don't mind me. I'm going to make sure that the, um, the, anyway, there's, I'm just going to make sure it's all working properly. So today I want to talk to you about getting to know this Jesus, hallelujah, that we serve. I want to have a heart-to-heart talk with you today. And it is about getting to know this Jesus that we serve. You know, we say we serve him, but there are many who don't really know him. And if you really know him, then you'll serve him with everything in your heart. Hallelujah. You know, I have to talk about it. I have to talk about sin. Because many are living a life and they're saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, but they're living their lives in sin. They're living their lives calling it something 
that it's really not. See, if we love the Lord God, we serve just him. We don't serve our own selves. We don't serve anything else. We serve the Lord. That means with everything that you are, everything that's in you, you serve the Lord. Even when you think, well, I don't like this, or this isn't right, or this isn't fair. No, that's called your flesh. And that will get you into trouble. It's presumptuous to be involved in the flesh, to be offended, to be in rebellion. Because the Bible calls that rebellion. He says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And nobody that is involved in witchcraft will see the kingdom of God. I have to tell you because I'm concerned about many of you. Many of the body of Christ are living a life of sin. And they think when they stand before the Lord that they're going to be, he's going to be pleased with their life. Listen, we, what is the point of serving the Lord God if it's about just what everybody around you thinks? What is the point if people call you a nice person, but then when you lay your head, not even when you lay your head on the, down on the pillow, because if you're blind, you're laying your head down thinking everything is fine. But is it really fine? See, Getting to know this Jesus that we serve means getting to know what he loves and loving what he loves. The Bible says that if you call yourself a Christian and you hate your brother, you're not a Christian. That's what the Bible says. If you hate one of the brethren in your heart, if you hate one of the brethren, you're not a Christian. Nobody that loves the Lord and serves the Lord will hate his or her brethren. That's very, very serious. That's very, very sobering for many people. I used to have a lot of hatred in my heart. What is hatred? Well, one way it comes through is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness and bitterness. Listen, I came from a long history of that. Unforgiveness and bitterness. And I'll tell you something, the only one that can stop that is the Lord Jesus, and he will. There's nothing that is too hard for him. Nothing is too big for him. Absolutely nothing. That's easy for him. That's easy stuff for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In fact, I was reading in the book of Jeremiah, and I want to keep my place. I don't know how I'm going to do this with my hands everywhere. I've got my hands on my phone. Let's see how I can do this. Let's see here. I'm going to turn to the book of Jeremiah. I think I can do it. Okay. All right. Yeah, we can do this. Okay. And so this is what the word says here. Okay. Let's see if I can turn here the way I want to turn. Just bear with me, everybody. Here we go. All right. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27. Hallelujah. And we'll go to even verse 26 because it says, then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah saying, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Let me tell you something. If you love the Lord, you've got to give it over to him. You've got to surrender it all over to him. If you keep holding on to it, you're trying to serve two masters. And the Bible says you can't serve two masters. The Bible tells us that we either serve one and hate the other. 
I mean, like, you can't do it. You can't. There's one master. That's it. Master. Master is the name, and there's a reason for that. We call the Lord Jesus our Lord and our Savior. So our Savior is that he saved us from everlasting damnation. But our Lord means that he is ruler of everything in our life. Remember? In the book of Corinthians, let me see if I can hold my spot here on my Bible and take you over to Corinthians. I think I can do it. Here we go. Hallelujah. So we're in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we're in verse 15. Hallelujah. And this is what it says. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid, what? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Then verse 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Wait a minute. You call yourself a Christian and you belong to God. Because you gave your life over to him and he bought you with the blood. The Bible says you belong to God. You are God's. Right there. Be ye, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So if you're living the life, the Christian life, you live a life of surrender. Listen, I had something. Um, it doesn't really matter, actually. Anytime you have a situation, you know, in your life, you have a choice. You can choose to give it over to the Lord, or you can choose to hold on to it to yourself, to hold on to it to yourself, yourself, excuse me. Um, I was listening, I was talking to one of my students, and she said to me that um, someone in her family um, was having a tough time with his wife, and, um, you know, he was not... Uh, he wasn't living up to her expectations and she wasn't living up to his expectations without going in all to, to all the details. And my student is the, the brother, is the sister of the man, of the husband. So she was having, she wasn't even trying to see it objectively. Her mother said, you've got to be objective. And she said, I don't want to be objective. I want to take my brother's side. And I think that's natural. It's not right, but it's natural. And the problem was, the problem is that, you know, when we look at things in the wrong perspective, we, are, we get way out of whack. We become blind. She couldn't see any fault that lied in her brother. Now, I don't know the man. I don't know the wife. I don't know the whole situation except for what she told me. But what I am saying to you is this. You see, we've got to let things go and let God take care of the situation. We've got to let things go and let God take care of the situation. If we don't, 
It'll wreak havoc in our own lives. We open up the door to the demonic when we do that. Because see, we've been bought with a price. We are the Lord's. You, me, we're the Lord's. If we choose to trample on the blood, what good is it? What was the point? What did Jesus die on the cross for if we're going to step all over his blood? The blood that he shed for our forgiveness, for us to have forgiveness of sins. Listen, this Jesus that we serve, what's the most wonderful thing you've experienced in your life? I want you to hold that thought and think about it, okay? I want you to hold that thought and I want you to think about it. And just stop for a second and just think. What is the most wonderful thing you've ever experienced in your life? Is it childbirth? Having your first child? Mommy, when you had your first baby, the, you know, you went through all the pain and then, then you bore this beautiful baby whom you love to this day? Or daddy, was it the first time you were there with mommy as you held her hand and you coached her through her breathing? Or whatever your situation, maybe you had a, maybe, maybe mommy had a C-section, I don't know. Was it then? Was it when you first got married? Was that the most beautiful thing that ever happened in your life? Well, those are wonderful things, beautiful things. Marriages, weddings, just wonderful. Giving birth to children, what a miracle. But the most wonderful thing that's happened in any of our lives is salvation, regeneration, becoming the Lord's, having a relationship with the Lord because all of everything that we have in our life is a direct reflection, not even reflection, is a direct, is impacted by our relationship with the Lord. You see, you can have the most wonderful thing in your life, a relationship with the Lord, never get married and be just fine. I mean, I'm not married, I've never been married, just fine. I would like to get married one day, but I'm just fine, you know? I don't believe in rushing it because I don't believe in making mistakes and being stuck in them. So, you know, people talk about, you got to get married. You got to get married. No, you don't. If, if you don't want to get married, don't get married because that's not the be all to the end all. You know, I've heard a lot of young people say, well, I hope that I get married before the rapture. Listen, your marriage to Jesus Christ is what is, is, is what matters. That other stuff, you know, that stuff can come and go. It's not that it's not wonderful. Marriage is beautiful. I've seen beautiful marriages. And, and that's one reason why eventually I'd like to get married. But I'm in no rush. Because it doesn't make or break me, you see. It never has. I've never been that kind of person. Even, I've just never been that kind of person that felt like I need to have a relationship. No, I'm just fine. In fact, I'm better than fine because I have Jesus Christ. And that's the most important relationship that I have in my life because through that relationship, I can love everybody else. I can't love anybody without Jesus because he's the one who helps me to do it. He's the one who helps me to do it.
You know, I had a conversation yesterday with someone and, and this, this person, it was, you know, dealing with some things in my uh, apartment here and the, the woman, she told me off basically. And so, you know, I'm not a quiet person. Anyone who knows me, you know, I'm not a quiet person, but I learned to keep my mouth shut. I, I started saying a few things and I was, you know, ready to, and then I, the Lord stopped me and I said, no. No, because you know, here's the thing that is designed by Satan to stop me from what God has called me to do. If I were to keep my focus on those things, what would happen? I would be sidetracked. See, there are a lot of people who are sidetracked today. They call themselves Christians. Maybe they really are Christians, but they're sidetracked. They're so busy, worried about the things of life and entangled in it. I don't have to be entangled in those things. If God will fight my battles, if I believe what the Bible says, then I believe what the Bible says. Either we believe what the Bible says or we believe what the Bible says. So if God says, I'll fight your battles, then we believe it. If you don't believe it, then just throw it all out because there is no point if you're going to pick and choose. You can't do that. You pick and choose and you're saying to the Lord, it's like, it's disrespectful. It's like a slap in the face to him. Well, uh, some of these things I think are right and others, no, you can't pick and choose from the word of God, what is right and what isn't. The word of God is what tells you what's right. So if you're not living according to this word, you're in the wrong. Simple. Getting to know this Lord Jesus that we serve. The most wonderful thing about serving the Lord is his love and his love is everlasting. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never let you go. Never, 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 never. And when you love someone, you don't want to hurt them. You love the Lord. You, you love him. That's why you're here today. You don't want to hurt him, but sometimes we get caught up in our own selves. We get caught up in our own flesh sometimes. And when we get caught up in our own flesh, the Lord God will continually talk and send a woman or a man of God to help you, or he'll speak directly to your spirit. Whatever way you need to receive it, he'll do it. And if you reject him, well, the Bible says that he'll reject you. I don't want to be rejected. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I could go without everything else but the Lord, literally. I could go without, you know, hair. I could shave my eyebrows bald. I could be a bald woman. I've done that before somewhat. Wouldn't make any difference to me. I could be poor. Who says that would be comfortable? But I would certainly have the joy of the Lord because if I have the Lord, I have everything I need. I could be whatever. Without Jesus, I'm nothing. I have nothing. I need him. I need him in my life and the more and more I get to know him, even more I know that I need him. It amazes me, it's profound actually. It's profound because the more we get to know this Jesus that we serve, the more we realize that we need to get to know this Jesus that we serve. You know when you were younger and you thought you had it all together, you know, you were in your early 20s, you thought, I know everything. 
Maybe you didn't say it, but you lived that way. And then you get older. You get into your 30s and you realize, man, I don't know anything. Or I know a lot less than I realize. You get into your 40s and you say, I pretty much don't have a clue about a lot of things. You get into your 50s. See, here's what happens. You get older and you get wiser and you begin to understand just how little you understand about the ways of this world. And you begin to see, if you're a Christian, just how much you need to depend on the Lord and how much, if you will, that he will do everything for you. He'll fight your battles. I was always a fighter, okay, physical and figuratively. And I always thought if I didn't fight the battle, then who would? Well, when I became a Christian, I learned that the Lord would. And he fights battles better than I could have ever fought a battle. And when I say I was a, a physical and figurative, I mean, I would take my fists out and we would go to town, go to blows because I just felt like I needed to defend myself my whole life. Everyone always came at me. So I felt like I needed to defend myself. But here's the thing. <laughs> the enemy is who's coming at you. You've got to look at it like the truth. The Bible tells us that it's none of it is about flesh and blood. None of it ever was. The enemy wants to keep you down so that you cannot fulfill the plan that God has for your life. So if you don't let God fight the battles, you will be entangled in the things of this world. That's just the way it is. No good soldier that warreth lets himself be entangled in the things of this world. No good soldier does not a good soldier. How can a good soldier be entangled in the things of this world? You've got to look at things through the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you will be caught up in the flesh, in the things of this world, and you're not going to make it. Jesus is going to be here soon. I want to take you to another scripture. I want to take you to the book of Matthew chapter 16, excuse me, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 25, okay? Okay, I've got my little place setting here. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 25. Yeah, I said that right. Okay. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to start. Just bear with me. I've got one hand that I'm doing all this with. Verse 19 says, excuse me, says this. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt. And where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through or steal for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also what matters to you, whatever you're holding on to, that's where your heart is. Are you holding on to your own ways and to proving how right you are? That's where your heart is. And that's another thing that you cannot lay up treasures in heaven with. That's, that's treasures on earth. That's what that is. That's laying up treasures on earth. Now, most of us think when we look at this, we're talking about money. Money is one of those things because many people, they say, well, I want to be rich and I just want to have all the wealth in the world. But here's the thing. If you lay up treasures like I'm right and she's wrong, 
I'm right and he's wrong and just wait till they see. You got the wrong idea. That's pride. That doesn't last in heaven. That doesn't even go into heaven. That stays right down here on this earth. You know, I learned a long time ago, trying to always be right will kill you. It really will. I, went, I met a woman once. She was very young, like 64 years old, if I remember correctly, about 64, early 60s. She was drawn up like this, her hands, she couldn't use her hands. She couldn't use her feet. Her feet were twisted and turned in just like that. Got to excuse me for a second here because my anchor app, my podcast app went off. Okay. So she was drawn up and drawn in and everything. She couldn't use it. And I think she could like use her hand a little bit, like hold a cup just a little bit, like kind of like, you know, like this, but not really. And she couldn't take care of herself. And I remember asking the Lord, Why is this young woman like this, Lord? Like, I really couldn't understand. She seemed to love the Lord. She grew up. Her father was a preacher. You know, she was sweet as pie. She really was. I mean, she was, I would go help her and she would say, oh, go get some of this. And Michelle, get some of that. And she'd say, she's from the South. She'd say, go get you some. Go get you some, da-da-da. Go get you some cake. Go get you some cookies. She was sweet. But when the Lord showed me, it was because of bitterness in her heart. I would never have known that because I just said, I don't understand, Lord. She's 64 years old. My own mother was 64 at that time. My mother was taking care of people her age. I said, well, how is it that someone so young can be bedridden? I mean, you had to change her diaper and you had to bathe her and you had to get her food. She could not get out of the bed at all. I just couldn't, I really, I couldn't understand it. And I remember asking the Lord, but it really opened up my eyes because you see, I used to hold on to bitterness and many people, many people who call themselves Christians have bitterness in their heart. You might be one of them. You're saying to yourself, well, it's just not right what she's done or what he's done. And you just wait and I'll show them. That's called unforgiveness and bitterness and it'll kill you. It doesn't hurt the other person. (laughs) It really doesn't. It doesn't hurt them at all. Most of the time they don't know. Oftentimes they don't care. That might make you mad, but you're going to have to just get used to that fact. Sometimes they don't know. Sometimes they don't care. But it's not relevant. What's relevant is what's going on in your own heart. I go back to that scripture. Well, we talked about that scripture and the Lord said that our body is the holy temple. The holy temple of the Lord's. Don't you know that he said? Then what are you walking around carrying and holding on to these things for? If you say you're the Lord Jesus's, he died for you for that very thing that you refuse to let go of. You're stomping on in Hebrews. It says that you're trampling on the blood that he shed the agony. He went through because of the agony he went through. You're saying it's not good enough because I need to be right. So you're trampling on that blood. The Bible talks about it. The Bible says, what are you going to be? What are we going to crucify him again? No, 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 no. It's time to get to know this Lord that we serve. 
This Lord that we serve tells us not to hold on to things. Okay? Not to hold on to things. Hallelujah. And it says here, I lost my place for a second. Let me just go back and find it. There we are. Verse 19, and that's Matthew chapter 6. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. What does that mean? Well, it means that you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. If you keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and everything in your life will be right. It will be holy. Your body shall be full of light, light, holiness, the light of Jesus Christ. If your eye be single, meaning if you keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, but if thine eye be evil, if you're focused on wicked things like not letting go, not being, not forgiving, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. Your whole body will be a wicked. Your whole body, you are in sin, your whole body. For the Bible says if you've sinned in one area, you've committed them all. If you committed one sin, you've committed them all. Either you receive the forgiveness of the Lord or you reject it. It's one or the other. It's not in between. It's not like, well, today I'm going to. No, 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 no. You receive it or you reject it. It's really, that's it. You can only serve God or the enemy. You cannot serve them both. That's what the Bible says. You either keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and your whole life. You will be holy. God will get the glory in your life or your eye will be evil. If your eye is evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? So I went into the Hebrew, not the Hebrew, excuse me, the Greek, to look at that word light here because it just seemed like it had a different meaning than the word lights it did, than the word light it had in the other places. And it did, and it was about illumination. The illumination. So if what you think is illuminating, if you think the revelation you have is really darkness and everything in your life is darkness. You're living a lie. You've got blinders on your eyes. Remember Paul? Well, he was Saul at the time. And Saul believed that Jesus was not the Messiah. So everything he did was looked at through the wrong lens until the Lord Jesus literally took the scales off his eyes and then he saw the truth. Everything in his life was wicked. He saw through darkness. What he thought was light, what he thought illuminated him was really darkness. My friends, do not let yourself go to a place where you think you are getting to know this Jesus and have a relationship and living for him when your eye is full of darkness. You can't even see clearly. You can't even see clearly. If you will just lay it all down and let it go, the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, 
will forgive you for the unforgiveness in your heart. If you will forgive that person, the Lord Jesus will forgive you for the unforgiveness in your heart. You'll be set free. That person's already free. You know that, right? They're free from unforgiveness of you. They didn't even know you didn't forgive them. Or if they knew, they're probably praying for you. Or maybe, I don't know, if they're, if they're not Christians, who knows what they're doing. But you're the one that knows the word. You say, I love Jesus. Get to know him. What does he want? See, this is a heart-to-heart -heart talk because many people who call themselves Christians have a lot of bitterness in their heart. They have a lot to say about how this one's not going to get over on them and they just doing this thing and they're just wrong about that. And they may not say it out loud, but they think it in their heart and they live it. It's time to let it go. When I had that conversation with that woman, I let it all go and I forgave her. I let it all go, all of it. God will deal with her because he deals with those that come against his people. That's what he does. You're in a very dangerous place when you come against a man or woman of God. I learned it the hard way. Some of you have heard my testimony about that. I learned it the hard way. Don't let the enemy entangle you in this world. Let it all go. All of it. And the peace of God, hallelujah, which surpasseth all understanding, will keep you. How do you do that? You pray. You pray. Stop saying, well, I did pray before. No, keep praying. Jesus is praying for us now. That's what the Bible tells us. The Bible says so. So he was praying in the Bible in those times when, that, when he was alive on the earth, physically as a man, and he's still praying for us. The Bible says that he never stops praying. We should never stop praying. I'm not saying you walk around and you don't talk to anybody and you're in tongues the whole time. That's not what I mean. I don't mean it that way. But you have a heart of prayer. You are looking at the Lord and you're saying, oh, you see something, the Lord. And you pray, you pray, you pray, you pray. Instead of talking about it, trying to solve it yourself, you pray and let God fix it. God is the only one. Remember what we read in Jeremiah? And it's all through scripture. The Bible says nothing is too big for God. Hallelujah. Well, my friends, that is what I have for you today. I'm so glad that I got to share this with you. And, and this is such a different way to share it. So I hope and pray that I'm able to uh, upload it the way that I planned to upload it. So it will be on all the social media channels, um, Periscope, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, I enjoyed being able to do it at the same time with my podcast. So you all get the same thing today. Hallelujah. But the Lord is so faithful. And I just want to pray for each and every one of you right now. I want to pray that the Lord God will meet all of your needs and that he will touch your heart. Many of you are dealing with unforgiveness and bitterness. And I want to pray that the Lord God will touch your heart and soften it. And he will. 
He will. I think some of you have probably said, or maybe some of you are saying, but I've just done this my whole life. I used to know a man that said, he said he grew up. What did he say? He said he came from rage. He was brought up on rage. That's what he said. That's all he said he knew. But the truth is the Lord Jesus could have melted his heart and the Lord Jesus will if you allowed him to melt yours. But stop hardening your heart. When you harden it, you're letting the Lord Jesus, you're pushing him away. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up each and every one at the sound of my voice right now in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Lord God, to touch their hearts, soften their hearts in the name of Jesus, that they will come to know you on such a wonderful and personal level, Lord God, like they've never known you before. Lord God, that we may get to know you, all of us. We all need to get to know you, Lord Jesus. None of us are exempt. We love you and we just want to love you even more. So give us each a heart of love right now for you. We choose to bless your holy and precious name. We lift up the persecuted church right now in the name of Jesus, that they may love like you love, Lord Jesus. We pray that you will touch them, Lord God, give them wisdom because many are going through such things and many don't have wisdom because they've never experienced these things. Some are new converts. Some are, 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 I mean, you know, brand new Christians. They don't know. They've never dealt with this. Some are in shock. You know what each one is going through in your body. And so we ask you right now to touch their hearts, give them wisdom, give them comfort, and even your people that are not being persecuted, your body of Christ, Lord God, touch each one. Lord, in the name of Jesus, give them wisdom about what you've sent them to do. And I know you've equipped them to do it in the name of Jesus. So we love and honor you. We give you praise and glory. And all God's people said, thank you, Jesus, and amen. And before we go, I just want to pray over each and every one of you, Lord. I plead your precious blood over each and every one in the name of Jesus, over their families and their homes and their finances and over their ministries and their jobs and their uh, 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 businesses and over their realms of influence and over all of their relationships. I plead your precious blood of Jesus over everything you've ordained to be theirs in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We glorify you. We give you praise. And all God's people said, Amen. Lord, meet every need in each one of their lives. And we promise to give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope each of you were blessed today. Tomorrow is the prayer meeting, 2.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm looking forward to spending time with you tomorrow. Let all of your friends know. Prepare, prepare your heart, prepare with prayer requests that the Lord God put in your heart. We're going to be praying for the nations, for our leaders, for the body of Christ, hallelujah, for the unsaved, and that the Lord God will move mightily in Jesus' name. I love you, and I will see you tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless you. I love you. Well, sweet people of God, I want to thank you so much for joining me here today. Tune in tomorrow for a new and fresh word from the Lord for you. This is Pastor Michelle Donatian signing off. God bless you and to Jesus be all the praise.